Hello, nerds. Welcome to the Superhero Hour Hour. This is the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every live-action television show based on a comic book or comic book property. I am your host for the evening. I'm the little yogi that's going to walk you through this practice of comic book television. My name's Taylor. With me, as always, is Ryan. Somebody left a burrito in the corner of the studio, a full burrito, and now there are bugs fucking everywhere. Why? Yeah. Who did that? It was me. I did it on purpose because are I you... wanted more friends. Also with me is Greg. Did you like, have you called that burrito? Is that like an open burrito situation? It's, or... a, it's a good question because the bugs are in our face, and not, but not on the burrito. Yeah. Burrito's clean and ready and, to rock. And you know, I'll accept a certain amount of like bugs for a burrito. An well, unguarded well, corner you know burrito. I have not called it, so it's up for dibs, and a potential person to be eating that burrito is Mike. Full burrito. Half covered in flies. I that's a good den. I I'm furious with you right now. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I, no, no, no. You you left in full. Bur, you left in burrito, burrito, and not the much easier and more elegant rito. I I don't even know what that is. Like you, Doritos? Yeah, you want a rito, bro? I think cooler it, ranch or nacho cheese. Nacho well, it's cheese. nacho cheesier, you fuck it. If you're going to do Cooler Ranch, it's nacho cheesier. Get them both in the same era, you fucking uh, hack. No, it's important you to note that Doritos hack. all flavors of Dorito are equally terrible. No. Oh. There's, there's no way. That, they're no, all no, no, garbage. No. Okay. They're all garbage. My, my, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so Mike <laughs> yeah. and I are on the same, <laughs> same side now. What a quick turnaround. I did not know Taylor and I could agree on this something. This is like Game of Thrones. <laughs> do you want this chip covered with poop and farts or this one covered with pee and boogers? That's your decision. I'm not. Obviously, the poop, poop and, and farts. <laughs> I... I'm not going to sit here and listen to you besmirch Doritos. And look, the top 10 foods of all time are all different Doritos, right. chips. They're, like your Cheetos, your Pringles, those are all in the top 10 over like lobster and burritos and even lobster burritos. Doritos <gasps> are fucking terrible. First of all, it's burritos. Yeah. I think we've burrito. established okay. well, that see, we're burritos. Now, see, now that's not. I don't. Uh, I don't agree with that. I'm. We're going. We're like eighty percent on agreement here. As soon as you heard it, you couldn't stop raving about how much you loved it. Stir uh, burrito, bro. That's what I want to eat for dinner. I okay. See, we're, see how quick that is. Uh, that's so quick. Plus, what are we going to call that? Taco Bell nacho cheese burrito. The Rito Rito. No, it's the Rito burritos. <laughs> Rito burritos. I'm okay. Now it feels like three of you are ganging up on me just by talking truth. We're just dropping tea over here. That should be the new name of this show, Talking Truth. <laughs> and Taylor hates it. Talking no, <laughs> talkin Truth to Taylor. It is obviously Rito. Like Hurricane Rito, if you want to throw all of your Doritos no, into a, into a pot. No, too soon. Too soon. It's never too soon. It's too soon. It's never too Don't soon. Don't make it political. I will make it political. Making jokes about hurricanes. I throw all my Doritos in a pot. I call that pot the trash can. And I take it out to the curb so wow, the you, fucking garbage man can have it. You looped it's, back around. You want to make sure that everybody got to hear that I don't want to be Dorito unclear tip. about this. That is it's, just a waste of money. You stop buying Doritos. No. You want them you. off the shelves? I'm like those guys that hate Keurig. I'm going to go buy Keurig so I can throw them out my window. It also makes sense now that you call your garbage can a pot. And that's why all of the pasta you've ever made us tasted like straight garbage. Yeah. Well, I mean... You can't waste that garbage juice. What are you gonna do? Just have that? Pour that on the ground? You know what? You've got me there. That's it's it's called a frond when you use it to cook. <laughs> that's not a real. garbage frond. Garbage frond. Is that a real cooking word? Yeah. Yeah, that's straight up Blue Apron stuff right there. Teaching you, mofo. I w- Blue Apron. You get the food delivered to you. You cook it in your home. So Every week, you Blue get apron. an entire box of ginger and you eat it all week. I last night watched 
a cooking show on Netflix, and by watched, I mean put on in the background while I recovered off. from eating from drinking one cup of coffee on a slightly empty stomach, <laughs> which laid me out for the rest of the day. So I learned that olive oil is actually supposed to be a little bit spicy if it's good. Is Taylor the Spuds McKenzie of our generation? <laughs> yes, for sure. In what way? Just the ultimate party animal. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Taylor without a lamp on his head. Slightly askewed. That's me. Speaking of people with lamps on their heads, we're going to be talking about the wild bunch of Riverdale. But before we get to that, <laughs> we're going to be talking about Venom and the Super Series Shishi Bullpen. So, something interesting happened last week. Prove it. At our normal pop filter meeting, suddenly there was a cauldron in the middle of our room, and you were supposed to throw your name in, so we all did that. And then whatever two got called out, we had to go see Venom. And <laughs> Ryan and Taylor won. And Greg and I, we saw Venom. We saw Venom. Alone. We did. Not together. We took two for the team. And so Venom, there, I think there's there's a lot of hullabaloo on the internet right now, Gregory. Yeah. Uh, the critics hate it. Yeah. The most common thing that uh, I've l- seen. Last I saw on Rotten Tomatoes was like 29%. Full splat. And yeah. And the reviews, then if you read the, the reviews... They're really bad. Bad. I, I am sick of reading and hearing. This seems like it came out in the era of Catwoman. Yeah, like in the early two thousands. This is what it feels like. It's it's hacky at this point. Okay, I was gonna say. I honestly was gonna say the nineteen eighties. That's the first feel I got was nineteen eighties. And let me tell you why. Please. Uh, these movies from the eighties that would like promise to be action uh-huh. movies. They would always take like forty five minutes to get set up, and for whatever reason, a hundred years later. This movie takes forever to get going. Y'all here for a dark action movie? Let's let you slowly know these boring characters. And here's why that is such a big sin with this movie in particular. is because this movie doesn't understand humans or human society in any way. It actually does an okay job understanding, and this is a little, like, disconcerting, but it understands Venom. Uh Uh-huh. And it understands alien life. But this movie does not understand what human life is or what's comprised. So for the first the first act, I would say, mm-hmm. you are supposed to care about Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams. Two people that look like they have never seen another human being in their entire lives. It's this Michelle Williams can act. She's a very good actress. And Tom Hardy I'm starting to wonder. I used to think could act, but I saw a great headline uh, like two weeks ago was Has Tom Hardy ever heard a human talk? Yeah. And then they just had pictures of his last five movies. So okay, I know a lot of people have talked about like his voice or whatever. I want to talk about something kind of adjacent to that, mm-hmm. which is in this they update Eddie Brock so that he's no longer a print journalist. Uh-huh. He is now a video or like TV personality. Right. Except Zero they, charisma. They no charisma. And they actually, they dress Tom Hardy down, so he looks unattractive. Yeah, they made him permanently sweaty. Why did they do both those things? Why is he supposed to be an on-camera personality and also have zero charisma and, like, basically mumble all the time and never look people in the eyes? You can't have those things Mm -hmm. both ways. What if he was just still a print journalist? Right. Because those people should feel ashamed because they're in a dying industry. It's dying, and they're all fake. And he's got... He's in a relationship uh-huh. with Michelle Williams, but like they have no chemistry. She, again, I'm beginning to wonder if she has like ever encountered another person. She's just such an actress that she she's forgotten. It, it, it felt weird because I, Michelle Williams, five, seven years ago, because I 
fell in love with her in Dawson's Creek like we all uh-huh. did and went, she's fine and she's good. And then she like blew Valentine era. It was like Blue Valentine, that movie she was in with Seth Rogen. There was like a string of movies, the Marilyn Monroe, where she was the only good thing in that movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, this chick. But maybe she's very good at shining when there's not a lot else going on. Maybe, then she should have shined in this. I, I think neither she nor Tom Hardy ever found the core of what their character was supposed to be. How many people do you think acted in this or are part of it for the paycheck and then never tried to do more? I would say definitely her. I mean, to, 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 I would say basically everybody except for the bad guy mm-hmm. who does his best but is forced to give three different speeches about what his motivations are. Another great actor. And then he, I feel, felt it more from him than other people. Like, comic book movie? No, you don't get the full Riz. And, <laughs> yeah. I'm going at half speed for this. <laughs> you get getting half Riz at most. Okay. Well, just to, for fairness sake, I think we should put that aside. The, the acting is horrible. Uh-huh. Everybody in it is bad. But I didn't think it was all bad. Do you, do you know when I think Tom Hardy shined and when the movie shined is because it, it did feel gritty 80s action. I actually, I do disagree with it. It did not feel because 2000s uh, superhero movies were boring and yeah. bad. And this, there were parts where I wasn't bored. I wasn't loving it, but I wasn't bored. They, weird shit happened. This felt yeah. like a superhero version of Liar Liar or The Mask. <laughs> and the closer it got to those, Tom Hardy and Venom fighting with each other and him jumping in lobster tanks yeah. and him going full Jim Carrey, I could have used way more of that. That's when the movie was its best. I would say the second act is the best, when he and Venom are getting to know each mm-hmm. other and when he's not fully like encased in Venom right. yet. And like the whole chase scene where he's on his motorcycle, the whole like, I don't know what my body's doing. He sold all that stuff very well. That was good action. Him apologizing to guys, he just crushed their skulls up yeah. like it, it, that worked very well and i never thought of him as a comedic actor but physical comedy worked well on him and then i thought the movie lost it again in the third act it felt like and one so many superhero movies do yeah and this one because its tagline is there's too many superheroes or whatever the fuck it kept bouncing between goofy and weird and but we're supposed to be hardcore yeah fuck hardcore go goofy and weird and eat those buttholes with the long tongue did you like the way venom looked sometimes for sure he was like i like that he was glistening he looked wet and did you gross. like the veininess the vasculature I like the gray did. white veinous yeah did you think that the effects looked good on him yeah on him on sometimes i felt like they I remember the initial trailer. It looked really bad. Yeah. I feel like by the final movie, they pulled it off. Right. By having him be lit very darkly a lot. Lit darkly. I like that he looked kind of xenomorphy. Yeah. Uh, because aliens should be gross. They shouldn't just look like you're wearing a jumpsuit. Uh, yeah. And that, that worked well. I thought Riot, the giant Venom, yeah. looks dumber. Yeah. And, and they slowed down. And this was in the trailer where they're fighting so hard the symbiotes kind of rip off their hosts. Yeah. And you can see it and that is the most CG looking the just two bored CGI'd human faces in the middle of chaos. Did you feel like they blew it by having Riot be like almost the same color as Venom? Mm-hmm. So those fight scenes were very hard to read. There is a yellow symbiote in there and there's a blue one both of which are featured at some point in the comics those right. colors. And they couldn't use red obviously because they were holding Carnage aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why not like yellow? Yeah. You have like two, you have like one that's like black gray and one that's like dark gray, light gray combo. And it's just, you can't see where when one is. They're hitting the each other. Yeah. It's, it's just messy instead of choreographing a fight. And the, one of my major questions for you on this was, does this work without any, like even nod to Spider-Man? I think that like, I thought that would bother me. They've set up 
fine but if i could believe the bad guy at all but he just would scream at all of his underlings we are evil and that's yeah. okay we're doing evils and that made me go i wish spider-man was here but like i kind of did the bare bones of eddie brock we got hinted that he is disgraced he's climbed his way back up he's redisgraced. that works for me if yeah. anybody did more than phone it in but I, I don't know like going in knowing that that feels like oh uh, yeah do I wish Tom Holland ran by? Sure. Yeah. Because then somebody charming would have been. They in the did movie. do some. Uh, they did a couple of weird shout outs to like the Spider Verse, which is one is the astronaut in the yeah. spaceship is John Jameson, the the astronaut's son mm-hmm. of uh, J. Jonah Jameson. Man Wolf. Yeah, which I'm always waiting for them to do the next part because they bring that guy in to a lot of different yeah. stuff, but they never actually go full Man Wolf. Nut up and give us Man Wolf. And then the other one was just saying like you worked for the Daily Bugle. Yeah. But so, I don't know. For me, this reminds me of any time Venom in the comics is not interacting with Spider-Man. He's so much more interesting when he's like, I fell in love with you and you jilted me. Right. And Eddie Brock is like, yeah, you're my chiefest rival and I'm going to crush you. And it's all the crazy love hate with mm-hmm. Spider-Man that drives this character that I'm going to bite off people's heads, which is a weird thing. He bites off like three dudes heads. Yeah. Every time it happens, the body just completely disappears. Well, PG-13, and that sucks. Yeah, that was so weird, though. It's like you can have it one way or the other, but you can't have this guy biting. Literally, he's supposed to bite three dudes' heads mm-hmm. off. And every single time, the person's body and all their blood absolutely just away. disappears, and you just hear like, chomp. It felt very uh, Nicolas Cage's The Wicker Man, where he just goes, <laughs> oh, no, the bees, oh, no. But they didn't like have CGI budget to make the bees sting him. So just people just yelling what's happening off screen. I can't believe Venom leaned over and bit that guy's head off and then his body sort of shimmied away. The one guy was like, my head, wait, I'm dead. No, I'm not yelling it. Somebody else yell that. <laughs> it, it it was messy and all. It was, it was legit not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Right, because it's not as bad as Justice League. Mm-mm. It's not as bad as Suicide Squad. Um, it's just like as bad as the worst parts of most of these movies for most of it. And and the the stingers, the post credit scenes, one of my favorite scenes was him, because it was that, that chemistry we liked between Venom and Eddie. They were walking down San Francisco, people staring at him while he's talking to himself. One at San Francisco, people would be fine with that. <laughs> Except that he's talking about eating people. But that's pretty normal for that town. But the, the thing with Woody Harrelson was lame as shit. Yeah. Think beyond that, not just like, well, we'll get people excited about Carnage. Yeah. Was there any thought? Did you see anything good in that? The only thing was, please pay us to do another movie Uh because we'll have Carnage. And people who like, there's a subset of people that like Venom and there's a subset of them that like Carnage. I would recommend seeing this movie for free if you get a chance. And I would probably watch the Carnage movie. On an airplane? On an airplane. For for sure. It's a good airplane movie. I I think that's all we got to say. Taylor, I don't know how to end a segment. Hello, everyone. I am here to end segment. We are done with bullpen, and now we move on to Riverdale. Oh, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> on the season premiere of Riverdale, <laughs> we join the end of the trial of Archie Andrews for the murder of the boy in the forest from last season. Betty is helping the defense. Veronica is a captive in her own family. Jughead is a military leader for the Serpents. <laughs> Alice has joined Polly's cult. 
And Archie decides that even though a jury didn't convict him, he's going to take a two-year prison sentence because he is a dipshit. <laughs> All of this pales in comparison to the reveal that Dilton Doily has joined a game of D&D to awaken some true detective-type weird-ass demon shit, and there are flying fucking babies in this show, you guys! Gentlemen, I ask you this. We have talked at length about what this show could do in season three to keep topping itself. Has it finally hit the level of crazy that it needed to, or has it flown the coop? Like flown the coop? Some baby. sort of flying cooper, baby? baby? The coopers. Ah! <laughs> we got what you said. <laughs> I had heard uh, through the internet that something shocking happened at the end of this episode. And I was so I spent the whole episode thinking, like, what could shock me? I was like, if he gets, if Archie gets shot at the end of this, would it shock me? I was like, if he gets put in prison, would it shock me? Neither one of those things would shock me at all. When they were holding those babies over the fire, and it was like, are they going to burn up these uh-huh. babies? And then instead, the babies just like float up in the air. Well, <laughs> they hold them over, and the babies are like, they don't love it, but they're not no. screaming. They're not like, no. they're all right. Being warm's nice. And then they let go. And then I thought both babies were in the fire, yeah. right. but then they float. And it's like, well, I, I reacted like Betty. Right. <laughs> well, I think, I think that we did witness, and like this is used in movies and TV over and over again, and it's always inappropriate, but this is the most, or like the best use of a faint mm-hmm. in the history of pop culture. Anybody would faint at this right. point. Right. Because holy fucking shit, those babies flew. Like this show, <laughs> like this show has done some crazy shit. And this is also just months after they said, "Oh, there will be no tie-in between yeah, Sabrina right? and River." Yeah. That the, like that. This is all a rampway to Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, and so they're saying, "No, no, no tie, no tie, no tie." Here's, and they go, "Motherfucker, they're straight linked." <laughs> I like I. This is the first time I think I've ever been fully fooled by that play like when marvel was like no guys th- th- there's actually not two parts to this infinity war uh-huh. Uh-huh. i was like there's two parts to this infinity war it's <laughs> like you're not gonna fool me this i fully was like okay so they're not gonna do sabrina tie-in there's a fucking gargoyle king yeah they, they'd be dumb if they didn't do they just have two magic shows but that's stupid <laughs> so now i'm very curious to find out how it relates because the sabrina show is set in the 60s correct Oh shit! So we could get old Sabrina, right? So I'm wondering, Sabrina the the middle aged witch. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, are they going to do like that'd a, be rad? Like I think that I think that's the tie-in we're going to see is it's not a direct continuation, but like some old shit from Sabrina yeah, that's going dope. to come back. Was because- that Don Draper's demand that it takes place then? Yeah, like because <laughs> she was also in Feud, which takes place uh-huh. then. She's young enough that in her contract, and he like John Hamm and Matt Weiner got together. They just thought it was hilarious to be like. Put her in contract that she can only be in period pieces from now on. Or that's when she was actually born. She's Sabrina, the real life witch. Whoa! And she's like, I don't like wearing jeans. I'm going to make all my stuff in the 60s. So should we describe? Can we fucking halt for a second? Yes. So it's Betty walks out. uh, She's been fighting with Polly and Alice the whole episode because they went to Colt Farm. And they're like, you're being a bitch because you don't like the cult. And she goes, you're crazy and not the normal crazy I like. <laughs> She's also been battling in Adderall addiction uh-huh. this yes. whole time. The easiest addiction. Like, I'd rather have that than a caffeine addiction. Why don't you talk to Jesse Spano, bud? I can't. She's in rehab. You can't talk to people. Uh, so <laughs> she wakes up. Uh, hears like some murmurings. Goes outside in her backyard. And there's a big-ass bonfire with all the cult members. And I... Did Polly didn't have twins, did she? Yes, she did. Okay, so these are Polly's babies, one in Alice's hands, one in Polly's hands, and they are the people lifting it up. And Betty's like, guys? And then they drop the babies, and then 
Betty has a seizure. And that breaks. Alice Cooper has seemed weird and trance like the whole episode. That breaks yeah. her trance, and she yells like old ass Alice Cooper. You can tell that Alice has joined a new age cult because she wears turquoise. She she wears turquoise. She always has four necklaces <laughs> and at least six bracelets on at all times. So everyone that lives in Phoenix is in a cult. One hundred percent. Oh yeah, the Phoenix. Go to Phoenix. Uh, and then the that's only one of uh, seemingly two different supernatural right. elements, which is also the yes. Gargoyle King summoned by D&D Panic, you guys. Yeah. I am here for it. So A th- story 30 years in the making. This storyline is, uh, it's, it, they lightly bring it up at the beginning of the episode when Dilton and his friend, so I don't remember the other guy's name. I'm sure it was very normal. Chad. Yeah, are yeah, are like in Pop's Diner playing a game, and Cole Sprouse, uh, Jughead, goes, hey, what are you guys playing? And he's like, oh, it's Gargoyles. He's like, shut up. <laughs> you I, can't tell about our secret game. I related to that because I thought he was like, he will beat us up. I know you think he's your friend. He finds what? out we play this game. He I, will like, beat us up. I was confused about that part because I was like, Jughead started a club at school called Sur- Swords and Serpents. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. There's already an in-universe D&D right. game called Swords and Serpents. So this is two. Griffins and Gargoyles is a second well, in-universe role-playing game. There's I, as many in-universe role-playing games as there is mass vigilante gangs that Archie has started. As a and d in high school, I didn't talk to the Warhammer kids, so I get it. You know there's a that? clear yeah. divide. So they... Throughout the episode, Dilton Doily comes to him and is like, I, I, I thought it was just a game, but it turns out it's real. The gargoyle can't And he's real. obviously, like, struck. He's stricken. Oh, yeah. He, like, he just kind of stares off into space. He's a little odd now. Right. And so I'm thinking, all right, so Dilton's, like, doing this weird thing. It's a, a weird thing. <laughs> Jughead gets the map, goes to the place, yeah. and there is a weird-ass creepy wooden sculpture with, like, a cow skull, and Dilton and his friend are, like, prostrate before it, yeah. having drunk some sort of blue juice and mm-hmm. have symbols carved on their backs. Carcosa, dude. It is fucking Carcosa Carcosa up the butt. Here's what I think is important, though. Like, last season, which we can all admit was off, um, when they introduced the Goodfellas storyline... We thought that it was just a show flailing, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And but now that we know what they're capable of, now that we're in True Detective, like now I'm used to this, and I'm down. Like I'm down yeah. because Riverdale is a lens, right? Like it's a spice that you can really give to any tropey thing. Yeah. And to get Riverdale's True Detective, and now as a viewer, know that that's the kind of thing that they do. Mm-hmm. I'm all in. I'm ready. Watch also, the show make it fun. Yeah. Remember how in True Detective there was like 15 minutes of one episode where you're like, wait. Are they gonna like summon Cthulhu? Uh-huh. Like, is this? Are they doing real magic? Well, this is gonna be if that was the case. Like, Riverdale's really gonna have because we know floating babies. The Gargoyle King's really gonna be some sort of weird beast that lives in the forest. No, we're Vince fi- Vaughn. We're finally gonna get the explanation of all the wolf faces from I, season one. No. I hope. I hope that they never explain that. But maybe, <laughs> maybe the wolf faces live with the green hands. I also, I also want to talk about. Going back to the cult, the fact that there are two moments in this episode where I stood up from my couch and had to walk into the kitchen because it was too much for me. Which is pretty low for you, right? It's pretty low. The first, I mean, the the big one was the baby's floating. Sure. The other one was when they said the full name of the cult leader, which is Edgar Evernever. (laughs) Some huckster. Huckster. If you have a farm. name that makes Dilton Doily roll his eyes. <laughs> and, I, and I'm worried because it seems like Dilton Doily is dead at the end of this episode. And I never want to live in a world where we don't, every three episodes, have to hear someone say the words Dilton Doily. Oh my God, though. The big news from last week or two weeks ago is that Outcast is over and we don't have an Outcast reference. But ever, never, ever, never, never, never it's back, oh! baby. We did it. You're welcome, listeners. 
Oh, uh, so so now we fully have like supernatural stuff in. And we, do you think they're gonna take this back at some point? And be like, no, you didn't see floating baby. I, I think you be, were having Adderall withdrawal. That seizure hit. Right. That's it, Alice. At least will tell her that. And who knows if the show will. But I think along. they are absolutely like invested in this storyline yeah. because the the setup for this season from last season was going to be like uh, Hiram Lodge and his like rogues gallery are just going to do like shady business deals. They didn't address that a single time in this episode. This is what they want us to know is happening in the season. Nor the fact that Jughead died. Yeah. <laughs> just pop back up. <laughs> nary a Band-Aid. He's but just yeah, like, yeah, I'm fine. I think that they're on Fast and Furious status where like each season is going to be twice as nutty as mm-hmm. the last one yeah oh and i am okay with it like we'll see because we thought it can't get any more ridiculous after last season when they had multiple vigilante groups not one but two two mass vigilante groups but this one they went even crazier with it like i feel like they are about to approach like like uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. level, where they just do a thing for like half a season and it's off the wall and who, who cares? Yeah, I mean, we as a society are trying to will Fast 9 to take place in space, right? right. Uh-huh. We're all trying to do that. Would you be that surprised if these characters ended up in space no. in like season four or five? I, it. I think it's going to take at least a season five to get there, but they were absolutely, Josie's going to be like, I'm, I've gotten a deal to be the first woman to record an album entirely in space. And they're just going to go up there. In space, nobody can hear you sing. Yeah, and then someone's going to die. In a way, I feel like this whole episode, the whole beginning of it, was a reminder that goofy shit happens on this show all the time. Mm-hmm. And now, in retrospect, it seems like a way of selling us the end before we got there. They're, th- when they go through like all the different things Archie's done, sort of oh, yeah. his <laughs> duality, one of them is he punched through the ice of a river yeah. one but time. Like, and then they bring that up again later. Like, yeah, that was weird. That's a perfect Riverdale moment, though, because, well, it's a perfect season opener moment. Excuse me. Recap. <laughs> choked up. Choked up. <laughs> about to cry. Uh, but it's also it's sell- that moment where they're just so matter of fact. And then Cheryl just shoots gangsters with arrows. Like, yeah, that's all. That's the exact tone. Like, we're, wacky shit happens, but we're going to handle it in this way. We have to take a break, but we will talk more about the trial of Archie and the rescue of Hot Dog <laughs> after this. <laughs> so, this episode. It begins, we've jumped three months ahead through the summer, and we're at like the end of the trial of Archie. And it's been a cruel summer. A it's brutal been... summer of working at the diner. Oh, <laughs> it's such a hard job. It was obviously so hot everywhere they went. Oh, but it was, it was, a, it was a heater, for <laughs> sure. But Jughead in swimming trunks, still in a goddamn beanie. Still in a goddamn beanie. It's the only city in America that is an hour from Quebec. And also in the bayou. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have no idea where the fuck this city is, and I don't care. Upstate New York. It, like, they fully did, like, a... <laughs> Sorry. You yeah. just said you didn't <laughs> like, care. matter of fact. <laughs> Come on. They fully did, like, this courtroom was like, oh, it sure is hot. And, like, Atticus Finch, like, Molly Ringwald shows up. Because every season, she has to be there for two episodes non-contiguously. Should a mom represent her son? No, she's she a big city lawyer. Not. That's the wackiest thing that happens in this entire episode. There's even a part where the judge is like, you're not going to listen to the words of your counsel? Why, your very mother? <laughs> it, there, there are a lot of moments in this show that make me think that they are writing, like, a, a courtroom parody uh-huh. of another show. Like, this is an SNL bit, but 
just to be clear, you are denying the counsel of your lawyer. Your mother <laughs> is absolutely your lawyer. Your mother is like an 80s sitcom. Yeah. Also, at one point, Molly Ringwald says, "Like this is one of the most important cases of my life." Yeah, like, yeah. your son is going to <laughs> jail. jail for murder. Yeah. In her closing arguments, I thought for sure she was going to be like, "He's a good boy." <laughs> and well, you know, the other attorney already said that. She yeah. said. Archie Andrews may be a varsity athlete and a sensitive musician. Uh, yes. Like those are points, at, but he's also a cold-blooded killer. They, those scales season, don't balance. They have to rem- remind us just once that the entire first season arc of Archie was he plays the guitar sometimes. <laughs> but I think a major thing that Molly Ringwald should have brought up was there's no evidence that he <laughs> yes. killed this man. She's a shit lawyer. Like, th- that's an entire portion of the legal code. A very large portion. And look, you have to prove that someone did a crime. <laughs> look, not on job interviews. Not on job interviews. Not no. to get to the Supreme Court, but in the court of law, yes. And season three of Serial will let us know that this does happen to people all the time, just not of people of Archie's melanin. Oh yeah, no. It's Archie should be getting like when he if he puts on a little bow tie. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we're having a trial. <laughs> and man, I like he just sort of has red hair, but in this episode he was Archie Andrews, like with oh, the yeah. bow tie, and he looks yeah. thinner. Like he looked exactly like the comic book character. It's it seemed like he did slim, like he did, like he didn't like lose weight, but he didn't bulk up as hard as he I, usually does. I that, think he cut. I think like... Yeah, uh, yeah. because of how much his shirt is off. They, yeah, uh, I've noticed this about this show. It's weird. If I were making this show, I would have his shirt off basically all the time. <laughs> but now that his shirt's been off almost all this episode, he, it won't be off for like four episodes. It's like they have like three episodes where they're going to take his top off. I feel like I want to know who directed this episode because there were more like just tops off across the board <laughs> than I think I've ever seen on this show. I think this was the most erotic episode of this oh, show yeah. it's ever done. Have we talked about Cheryl's entrance yet? <laughs> okay. Leather so she, jacket bikini? Leather yes. jacket bikini, slow motion. Like, because uh, we had like a fairly normal Riverdale episode. We had uh, your counsel, your mother. And then <laughs> Cheryl enters the diner in a slow motion, waving her hair, leather jacket, it's bikini. Like entrance music for yeah. like the WWE or something. <laughs> and then she walks up to the table and she's like, hey guys, after this three long months of hanging out with my girlfriend, Tony, we're going to have a, f- <laughs> we're, we're going to cool off and beat the heat by having a fun pool party. Archie, you're probably going to be in prison by then. So like, it's fine if you don't want to come because that's like heavy. But I I just wanted to let you guys know. All right, bye. And that's all she says, but the camera still cuts, like zooms in on their faces, and it goes bum bum bum. <laughs> Should we go to this party? What I like about this episode for a season bringer in, and because they did like the here's the two sides of Archie, it does feel like new viewers have heard about it. We should recap them. But there's a lot of, there's not just crazy witchcraft and crazy trial shit. There's a lot of like lazy season finale stuff that gets so hidden because there's so many little emotional things. That the, the Archie goes around and talks to every character about what their emotional arc is going to be this season. <laughs> but it's tucked away because him and Reggie go, you got to lead the team. And he goes, I'm the captain. He's like, but you know who I really am? I'm actually like, but they but they hid it behind oiled chest. Yes. yes. They distracted you with the shiny. And the game of catch played it like five feet <laughs> yeah. distant from each other. That was so weird. Well, so, I mean, and, also, while they were bumping out to the pet sounds by the <laughs> yes! But also so that you could see Archie's new kick-ass serpent tattoo. Yeah. Because His now every, C tat. every member of this show is a member <laughs> of the serpents now. Well, yeah, Betty's the serpent queen. 
a yeah. warrior queen. A warrior queen. <laughs> a warrior queen. Can you believe it, it seemed like for Jughead forgot for a second that the Serpent Queen is a warrior queen. Like, did that slip his mind? I, I, I think, think he just wasn't thinking of her in that context. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, and it's a pretty stated fact. Apparently, a warrior queen uh, hangs out by the truck while the Serpent King <laughs> goes with a pair of bolt cutters and gets a dog back. I think that's, that's what happens. Uh, so let's talk. They had to go rescue Hot Dog from sure. the ghoulies yep. because we had to bring them back. So, like, that spark. Hot Dog had been grabbed by ghoulies. Yeah, Hot Dog had been <laughs> grabbed by ghoulies. And uh, Penny Peabody was, is joined with the ghoulies again. They decided it had to be a stealth mission. Yeah, it well, because when they bring it up at Cheryl's pool party, when they go to the pool tent that they have uh-huh. set up at Cheryl's pool party, uh, Jughead tells them, all right, we're going to have to get in and out. Low team members, going to be a stealth mission behind enemy lines. He delivers that line like he has been leading a <laughs> war. Like he is a special ops like team leader. I'm going to need my point. chain breaker. I'm going to need my bow and arrow expert. <laughs> yeah. And then, the, but here's what they do as a stealth mis- mission. They all pile into one truck <laughs> yeah. and they drive just outside the house and they stand in the truck and look at the yard for like an hour. And after an hour, they're like, Guess they're not here. They just march up to where the dog is being held. That's not a stealth mission. In the meantime, the ghoulies have all been looking out the same window for 36 <laughs> hours. But but my favorite my favorite part is he gets the, the dog. The ghoulies come out. They confront him. They're like, hey, give us your jacket. And then Cheryl sh- straight up shoots a guy yeah. with a bow and arrow. And then Jughead goes, Cheryl. Aim your next arrow at Penny's head. <laughs> and Penny stops everyone because the legend of Cheryl's arrow <laughs> because is Cheryl well is, known throughout the land. Cheryl is the fucking Legolas of this <laughs> universe. Everyone's like, we don't have guns, but that girl's got a bow and arrow, and she's the most dangerous person in this altercation between two rifle violent gangs. <laughs> Guys, this show's good. I gotta say, like, I'm back. Not even like hesitantly, uh-huh. like I uh, this show, this episode delivered it all. I think, and it's not just the wacky. Like I do think it was also, as far as Riverdale goes, a tight hour of TV. Yeah, they had enough time to shove in all of the plot we needed and throw in a thirty-second cutaway where Kevin establishes a virginity pact with oh, Moose, yeah. so that they can fuck each other later. Moose got whiplash from that. Moose was yeah. like, "What? Do we have time for this?" Was that? Uh, yeah, was I like? Was I reading that right? I couldn't tell if that's what it was because. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin looked right at Moose and said, hey, we're fucking by the end of the summer. So I didn't know if that was too soon. And he said by October. By October. October, So we're we're fucking by the time, like, Sabrina comes out. (laughs) Like, by the time Sabrina hits Netflix and we've all established what the rest of the plot of this season is going to be, Moose and I are going to fuck. And going back to, Mike, this thing you were saying about the uh, conversations about the rest of the season. Uh I mean, Moose just straight up looks in the camera and without wearing a shirt, like, pulls his collar out and goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Oh boy. There was also a moment where I forgot that the serpents had moved to live down by the river Mm -hmm. and they just have a camp that they all live in now. And so when they did the walkthrough, like they did like a like walk and talk from the West Wing where it was like Cole Sprouse is in a like tank top showing off that he has beefed up over the summer. (laughs) Fangs is just like a shirt open to the wind to show off that he's also a buff daddy. Like, like, well, see, Jughead is a military leader because if you're living campside next to a river, you for sure have ordered people to dig the poop holes somewhere upstream or downstream. You don't want to be drinking poo water. It's like it's just it, every part of it feels like they did. They did the the 
time jump of a summer correctly. Like they were like, we've lived in this world that we set up. Here's what's going on. We do walk and talks now. We have, we have, we have, <laughs> we've aged up. We have a tactical tent. <laughs> two, two things this episode also did. That there's enough crazy shit. We have now an Illuminati. Fred, uh, yes. Ski Ulrich, and the sheriff, ex-sheriff are the Illuminati who are going to take down Hiram. And there's a mysterious don't swim past yeah, Labor, past Day. Labor yeah. Day. Yeah, that was a really weird shot where it's and like it, very ominously on the side. They was, mentioned it that? and then zoomed in on the side. Something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Or that what the whole bad thing, the entirety of the bad thing was that they actually did swim after Labor Day <gasps> and you just shouldn't do that. And then or, or white. Uh, and no, they get leeches again because that was a thing that happened. Oh, okay. Another wonderful Riverdale moment. They didn't mentioned Stand By Me yeah, and uh-huh. they didn't not mention it. They all just said, no, for sure that happened to us and not in the movie. <laughs> that happened to us and not the movie. Well, guys, we're going to watch the rest of season three of Riverdale and I hope it is all as good as this episode was because it was a humdinger. But now we have to move on to the rest of the shows that were not Riverdale that we watched this week. Forever, 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 ever, forever, ever. Now we're here in the pull list, the part of the show where we talk about every other show that we watched this week. Starting it off, We are on Fox's The Gifted. This week on The Gifted, after everyone fell apart last week, we now find our heroes looking for a way to pull themselves back together. And the key to this is opening up a big old can of sharing and honesty. (laughs) Reed learns that he must be honest about the fact that his hands cause stuff to disintegrate. Eclipse learns that the Hellfire Club isn't being honest with Polaris. And Erg and the sewer-dwelling Morlocks teach Johnny T-Board and, uh, I'm going to say, Portal Girl, that mutants have to embrace who they are if they ever want to survive, even though that sounds a little bit crazy. So, Frentleman, I ask you this. If I told you this show was starting to settle in as an X-Men story that turned up the soap opera and turned down the action, would you, one, believe me, and two, care? I do believe you. I do not care. <laughs> it's So the Morlocks, the, their message is embrace your mutant by hiding from the world in the fucking sewers okay first of all check your tone <laughs> check your privilege uh their their thing is like they they're mostly outward mutants right. and if they're not then they have like a sign that shows everybody like some sort of scar or something it was dark i couldn't quite see but some sort of outward facing thing so they don't hide the fact that they're mutants mm-hmm. but they do hide because there's like government agencies trying to that's kill true all the mutants okay. and everything. this is a thing that yeah. like uh beast and nightcrawler and Leela's parents would always scream at the rest of the right. meeting. Yeah. Like, you guys, you, you guys have hard lives, but you have no idea how hard our lives are. Yeah, and so like the girl who makes portals, Portal Girl, uh, she has to wear contacts that because her eyes give her away. Which is so funny. So is this a world that Hot Topic just doesn't exist? Because she <laughs> should when she put in uh, contacts in that one episode, it's like okay, you don't need to do. It's that. a world where if you're going into the grocery store and someone sees your weird eyes, it's probably going to grab you and be like, "Are those contacts or are you a mutie?" Right. So- I, I honestly wonder if. If the reason that they do that thing where she's like, I have to wear contacts out in public is because the actress doesn't doesn't oh, want no. to put in totally. the actual contacts. You don't want to do 16-hour days where you have these things jammed into your eyes. For Didn't sure. we talk about that last week about how Rose McIver it is when she used her own accent on that right. one episode of iZombie? <laughs> That's all it was. Just got to relax for that one day. But it really is. It's playing up the soap opera stuff. And I think now that it's learning how to be a show, I still don't think anybody else would like it, and I don't like it. But <laughs> it's... Yeah, I feel like it's finding its niche and it's settling into it. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, I do. Um, 
they're the whole thing they're playing off this season is that Polaris and Eclipse love each other, but they're on opposite sides. And I think that that's very, very effective. But unfortunately, they sort of undo that a little bit by having him suddenly like realize that she's being manipulated. Mm. Um, it's a big moment, but it's sort of unfortunate because it. I feel like it's just more interesting if they love each other and they're legitimately on opposite sides. But this is the first indication that like the cuckoos are fucking with her head, and that's why um, she has decided oh, yeah. to back the They could have been doing that the whole club. time. Because that yeah. means that has to stop soon, and right. then they lose all of the interesting things about the relationship. Yeah, I mean, the the, the show is going to suffer if these two get back together and are on the same side. There's a part where uh, Eclipse is like, I'll just be on your side now. Like, or, like they, mm-hmm. they have to find him to help Classic save the dude baby. Move. And so now he's back. He's like, yeah, w- if we can be together, I'll be one of these evil people. And she's like, that's not going to work. Like, you don't really believe that. And that's interesting. Mm-hmm. If they take that away... I, I just the show doesn't have a ton left. What if they both switch at the same time, like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet? So oh, damn it! <laughs> that, would be, that would be very embarrassing. All right, the gifted is on Fox on Monday nights. Your next show this week is Iron Fist. In the fifth episode of Iron Fist, Danny's beaten to shit butt gets picked up from that gang of hooligans Colleen had a run in with earlier in the season, and they try to figure out who to ransom him to. Meanwhile, Davos is using his red iron fist to kill all crime. And Misty and Colleen end up at Joy's and getting in a fight with Mary Walker. Taste buds, I ask you this. Why do villains who try to beat the heroes at their own game never see that killing all criminals in a city makes you worse than most criminals you're killing? (laughs) Uh, Because they're lazy, I guess? It is, I mean, it does seem like an effective shortcut. Sure, not in hindsight, but in the moment. He picked a pocket. I will murder him and his entire family and anybody who's ever shaken his hand. Look in the mirror. Speak more about this red iron fist. Oh, I yeah. love that strategy. When Just change the color. Yeah, of the it's good just the same exact power, but a different yeah. color now. Well, he did that weird voodoo thing where he took skin <laughs> from the dead iron fist and cut Danny's stomach open, so obviously that would make his red. And it's funny because the, the, Colleen and Misty are like doing real detective work, which is boring to watch because it's a lot of talking to people and then talking to each other about the things you've discovered. It's not all <laughs> red string. Uh, and then they're like... Guy killed somebody with powers with a fist. It could it be Danny? And somebody goes, "Yeah, it was just bright red and terrifying." And they went, "Ah, not Danny. Not that. <laughs> Case maybe solved. Not, not this Danny. Magical thing could change a color. <laughs> different guy must. It must be a different guy. Different not Danny fist. at all. Have they put the yellow masks on yet? Oh yeah. And so there's. We've been getting Arrow style flashbacks to Kunlun, and it worked so well for Arrow. So we watched them. Uh, Davos and Danny beat the shit out of each other. Their initiation fight, where Their they're like bound together. Fight. To, yeah, so they're, they're tied together like the, every fight should be. And Each then, have a butterfly knife. In front of Davos's parents, and they say both of them are their sons, but it's so obvious they like Davos more than Danny, their adopted <laughs> son. Uh, and, and Danny like uses a trick. He, he makes Davos look at the son for a second and then beats the fucking shit out of him. Wait, so Danny was adopted by Davos's family and then the rich people's family? Yeah. That's, that's a lot of adoption. He's just got that face. People love him and then hate him so much Look once they get to know white him. Kid. Let's adopt him. But we do learn that Davos's mom, Davos's dad, I do think is by the book. He's like, well, I love my sons equally. Even though one came to me when he was 10, he's like trying. He's like in the code say he should fight Shaolin, the dragon. And Davos's mom, one made Davos, Davos should have died to lose. And she said, nope, this fight is over. And then she slapped the shit out of him and went, it is better to be barren than being a disgrace, bringing a disgrace like you into the world. She is cartoonishly evil. Jesus Christ. But does kind of let you know why Davos is the way he is. Yeah. And has a lot in common with Molly Ringwald. Like, that's basically what she was saying in the court case. Yes. 
the same thing. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, Davos shows up to talk to Joy again, and Joy is done with his bullshit. She kind of got what she wanted, and he's so excited and is talking to her about the power. And she's like, "So your fist lights up? That's real exciting." Hold on, wait a second. Did Trump have a kid at like seventy years old and then name him Baron? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that a sign that it's not his kid? Because <laughs> he is Baron. Uh, so her dryness it, in dealing with it all uh, was very good. Uh, well, Iron Fist is on Netflix all the time. You can watch it whenever you want, but we'll watch it week by week as we continue to do. Your next show this week is The Walking Dead. This week on the season nine premiere of The Walking Dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> we do an 18-month time jump from last season to see how the communities are getting along now that they are out from under the thumb of the saviors. The communities work together to get old farming equipment from a museum to help the former saviors survive, but the hilltop loses a kid in the run leading to Gregory convincing the kid's father to attempt a murder on Maggie, and Maggie to finally execute Gregory for the attempt, causing cracks to start forming in the relationships between the other communities. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Now that we are no longer dealing with the all-out war storyline we have for the past two years, has The Walking Dead finally figured out a way to make their interconnected communities actually interesting television? No, No, moment of the week. No, I, <laughs> I, I I know TV has to work the way TV works, but an 18-month time jump, and this is the first time they thought about farming equipment? <laughs> Fuck you. Have I, another adventure. Well, I got to say, though, that they go to a museum, and it's hard to get that farming equipment, uh-huh. but going to a museum is brilliant. Them and Wesley Snipes from Demolition Man are the only two people that ever did <laughs> right. that. It actually is because they go to get like a plow because they're like, we don't actually know how to make a plow, but we have a blacksmith. Mm. We're going to get this, bring it back to him so he can make more of these because the hilltop already has farming like done, but like the other communities are struggling. Gotcha. Okay. So, so okay. they're banding to that. And they also go to get, because the museum has like a library of old like seeds of plants and stuff. So like this teacher, ex teachers like here, we've got all these seeds. Now we're going to grow like stuff that we do like, like fill in gaps in our nutrition. We're like actually rebuilding. I think it's brilliant, but it should have happened years ago. Right. Right. Anybody drag a T-Rex skull be like, new mascot, because that would have <laughs> been me. No, it did not happen. But this was an interesting and entertaining hour of television. And I, it's surprising because I think I looked at the ratings. This season premiere fell to half the viewership that last season's did, and it's the lowest they've had since season one. But I think this is the m- most I've enjoyed an episode of television in, uh, as far as The Walking Dead. Okay, I was going to say. <laughs> as far as like The Walking Dead universe in years. And, it's and, a- and you're right. It's, this, sh- this should have happened like five seasons ago. But I'm glad that it's happening now. You get to watch it now. I get to watch it now, and I feel sorry for everyone who slogged through like like six or seven seasons of the show being kind of boring. And I'm not above the idea that this show will let me down again, and it Good. will just go back to the same old. But like this episode was interesting. They cut out all the boring stuff. They're just like, yeah, we're living like Maggie's running a community now. She had to like execute a dude because there were like plots against her life. Like that's interesting, and that led her to like be against Rick. Now, it's it's a good show. I'm going to watch next week's episode. And the thing is, too, is that they cut the boring stuff, but they also cut the um, like crazy cliffhangers mm-hmm. and all the soapy stuff that they relied on before. And I don't think that's going to help the ratings. I think no. it gives them way more time to do interesting stuff. But people, I bet, like the next next week's episode is going to be half of. The half of it was this week. I think this season of The Walking Dead is going to be a very good show that, like, 
a tenth of the people are going to watch. Is that because the people who are still watching The Walking Dead are not watching for character development? They're watching for, for I, sure. gore and bore? I think so. I think the people who were watching for character development got fed up with the mm. last season and they're not going to watch anymore, which is a shame because now this, this show is going to give them what they want. Plus, but, they're just mindlessly sitting there watching it like yeah. they're some sort of Frankenstein's monsters. <laughs> um, my, uh, the doctor's name is Frankenstein. My moment of the week this week was uh, they are in the museum and they're scouting out to try and get stuff. There's this character who I'm not sure if he's a main character that they've just thrown in because none of the characters I recognize anymore. <laughs> but uh, he gets grabbed by a zombie and the zombie has him like under a parachute. And then the zombie. <laughs> yeah, there's just a sure. parachute. Keep going. And it's coming after him. And like spiders start crawling out of the zombie, like, ah! like big-ass oh! spiders and then tiny okay. spiders everywhere. And that's when the guy starts screaming. <laughs> and then they, like, kill the zombie. And they're like, are you okay? And he's like, I fucking hate spiders. Wow. Yeah. And I liked that moment awesome. because yeah. they don't give a shit about the zombies anymore. But he's like, I fucking hate spiders. It's, it's cool. true, yeah. Like, imagine what would scare these people. And it's that. Like, zombies yeah. are whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my moment of the week is them getting the plow out of the museum. And it showed me that uh, like today in modern times or in old times, which they're in, moving is the same. It's hard yeah. and it's dangerous and you're going to fuck shit up. You're going to ruin your floor. <laughs> you're going to get a nick on the plow. Do they yell pivot? They don't <laughs> you, yell that's pivot. That's how yeah. you get a good move on. Missed opportunity. But all eight of these like hardcore like veteran warriors are still like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Uh, okay. Slowly. Uh, Walking Dead is on AMC on Sunday nights. Your next show this week is The Flash. On the season five premiere of The Flash, Nora Allen West gives everybody the scoop about who she is and why she's in the past. It's because she's young and fucked up and she's Barry's daughter, and then she got stuck. She loves hanging out with Barry and blows off Iris every chance she gets, while everybody else works on getting her home, and Ralph just screams at everybody for not telling him about time travel and that it happens. But it turns out Nora isn't stuck in the past, but never knew Barry in her life, so she decided to get to know him and fuck shit up for real. Taste buds, I ask you this. Nora did let it slip that Gorilla Grodd and King Shark fight. Is there anything else in the world you would rather see? No, absolutely not. I want to see Gorilla Grodd fight Shark. Outside of Nora and Barry hook up, no. That's... (laughs) And There's a mind, lot of weird moments. Keep in mind, we've already seen Gorilla Grodd hang out with Barack Obama. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's not on the table. That's nope. already a thing that's happened. happened. Well, that's because Legends of Tomorrow knows what the people want, and they're going to give it to us sooner. <laughs> the Flash has to take a little bit more time. They run at a slower pace for oh, some reason. Oh. She's pretending to be stuck in the past? Yeah, so oh. she, she has this thing because they're like, well, her tachyons are negative and blah, 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 <laughs> fake science. science. And so uh, very hung because she, she reveals herself at a party. I think it's... Barry's alive and Cecilia had her baby. I think that's what the reason for the party is. And Cisco decided. You didn't read the banner? No. It said all of that. Look at banner, Michael. Uh, and Cisco got tanked. And so there, the whole episode, he is trying to think hungover. And sometimes it's very clunky. Sometimes it's funny. But him, he goes, uh, pop culture reference. And that's lame. But him not being able to make them is better. So <laughs> that was awesome. I Here's the thing that I have to ask that will decide whether or not I watch this show next week. Was there any dude in a chair who thinks a lot? <laughs> nope. Nobody's thinking at all this season. Cool. Then I am on it board. Was, it was legit fun. It's the funnest The Flash has been in a long time. Yeah. I, I was bummed out by last season because it felt like they added Ralph, who is actually a really mm-hmm. good like comedic relief character, and I enjoy him, but they bogged the entire thing down with the villain. They used Ralph very well. and the, the, the big, So they're dealing with Nora, uh, and it turns out that 
it's Barry has in her world. Barry has been gone t- for twenty five years. She's never been around him. Uh, and so there's a lot of like Iris and him are like, well, we got married. And you're gonna have your first this and your first that to the point where I'm like, oh, Barry gonna die. And then Nora come up and she go, you're gonna die. Like it's, <laughs> it was just very obvious. But I there once again hide that from Iris. Let's not be open with my fiance or now wife that I've had the same fight with a thousand times because Barry's gonna bury it up. Plus, I love that she gets back in time at her like that perfect age where. She loves her dad and hates her mom. Oh, like, yeah. That's just the age that she is at the time. And Iris is so, but uh, Nora says shui. And Iris is like, oh, I know shui. Like, it's cool. I was like, you don't have to pretend to know a 30 years from the future word. But then <laughs> Iris tries to make shui work and everybody rolls her eyes at her. That was pretty good, too. Iris says, bummed out mom. Perfect, Iris. Do you have a moment of the week? Uh, I do. It is. Uh, so Ralph is yelling at them for not about time travel. And they're like, did you do you not listen when we talk? Uh, and he's figured out the multiverse. He's like, if if there's different time points, then we could all arc in different ways, so there could be little differences. So, you guys, I think there's numerous Earths, and they all just stare at him. And they're like, what did you think we meant when we said Harry is from Earth 2? And Ralph says <laughs> that he was also from Earth. Uh, and it's legit the best joke The Flash has ever delivered. That is a really good joke. The Flash is on The CW on Tuesday nights. Your next show this week is Black Lightning. Thank God, Holly, because Black Lightning is back, y'all, and everyone is dying to get a hold of Proctor's sweet briefcase, or more accurately, the sweet weapon there within. The community, devastated from the effects of Green Light, would like their Green in- light! would like their impotted family back, but the government is like, nah. The government would like to know what Lynn knows, but she is like, nah. So they have to bring in that guy from Predator whose like whole thing was he was always shaving. <laughs> Jen, whose powers seem to be getting pretty crazy, zaps Lynn. Nissa Robin Hood's out. Henderson reveals that he is able to detect at least rudimentary things by figuring out Jefferson is Black Lightning. And Garfield is getting shut down, so Jefferson says he will step down in an attempt to save it. Gentlemen, I ask you this. Black Lightning is still attempting to do many, many different things at the same time. Is it still biting off more than it can ever hope to chew? In this one hour, I don't think so. And this includes an episode that features Gamby. I just, for some reason, <laughs> hope that was over, and it's not. Uh, but I thought that this episode was phenomenal. Yeah. I thought it was spectacular. And it's because they raced through the appropriate parts, the sort of like soapy... Um, superhero-y part uh-huh. and not in a way that bums me out like Black Lightning puts on his costume for 10 seconds has a conversation does not fight at all and then so much of the episode is spent with him and his wife talking and holy shit I could not believe the level of these conversations well that's always been the strength of the show has been the the cast the core family and how they play off each other and that's always been really good The sometimes I feel like what happens is it wants to address social issues and it starts to do that, and it doesn't have enough time to digest them. But I felt like the the way all of it is arcing is probably going to give them enough time. I mean, they've it's no accident that they say green light babies instead of crack babies, and they make that on green the show light. on that sh- on the show they make the comparisons themselves. But it is a drug pumped in by the government that's destroying their communities. It also it turns them into pods, and then the government takes the pods, and they say, we want our kids back. And the government says, no, we own those black kids. Yeah. So and that's again, crazy. The, the, the show like engages with that. It doesn't try to hide from the fact that, it, that that's literally what it's saying. And it in a way that usually makes me feel uncomfortable, but didn't in this, it shows the way that the churches really are like the center of these communities. And anything religious kind of... <laughs> 
I get like tune I tune out right away. Sure. But it seemed like effective. It's like a meeting place. It's like an extended family. And they're like the churches are the only mechanism left in this society to try to address their problems because the local government is like so egregiously corrupt. And I don't know, I thought that was that was pretty cool. The other reason that I think everything goes down so smoothly is the dialogue does not pull any punches. And I'm not just talking about uh, Black Lightning and his wife and how like realistic that all felt, um, but the just the the dialogue in like let's say the Uncle Tom conversation yeah. that does not feel like a group of white dudes trying to paste together what they think would be said in this conversation. No, it felt legit and not CWE, not Berlanti. Like it, it like there's no punches pulled. And then when I go to roll my eyes about maybe another part, I don't do it as much. You know? Yeah. Did you like the, uh, you said that there weren't many fights, but there was a fight between the ASA agent and, uh, what's her name? Cyanide? Cyanide. Uh, did you like that fight that involved actual heels used as weapons? Okay. So, uh, I have not watched the show in a long time. Uh, this is the only part that did not make sense. Does not mean I didn't love it. It was spectacular. Um, these girls were wearing clothes I did not understand at all, <laughs> and yeah, it was it was amazing. Like this goes back to like sort of the seventies kind of things that they want to do but don't always. Um, and then yeah, and then how we sort of this like arcs through that criminal storyline as yeah. we get all the family stuff, but doesn't like hurt it, doesn't interrupt it. It's just a nice break, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, all the girls got the good fights because there was that one, and then. Anissa's like hallway fight, I guess. That was also spectacular. That was a dope fight. At least for a CW show. Yeah, and it goes right up there with some other hallway fights we've seen. We are almost out of time, but I have to ask, was there a God Holly original? There wasn't in this episode? there was not an original God Holly track. So You're next week. Yeah. But we you know like. maybe sort of mid season finale we might get one. All right. Well, do you guys have moments of the week? I do have a moment of the week. Uh it would have been the fight with uh, the heels used as actual weapons. But uh, one of the things that happened from Greenlight is a kid just comes back from the dead. I don't know if that happens a bunch, but it happens. There might just be his one power. He comes back from the dead. And so they're taking his body like out of the church and he like jumps up and starts running around. And his mom instantly yells out, no, no, I was glad you were dead. Ah! And she continues on that for about 15 seconds. And then later <laughs> It's like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> I feel real bad about that. Which, yeah, Uh-oh. I couldn't tell if there was like something about his power that, made people be too truthful or <laughs> yeah i'm not sure what it was or she just felt like at least she didn't she, i think part of what she says is i didn't have to worry about you anymore yeah but he comes back from the dead and the first thing she says is no i was glad you were dead and the whole time her daughter his sister was like mom shut <laughs> <Yeah>. up <laughs> What's, you're loving, embarrassing me loving people is very hard i love all you guys but if one of you dies thank god yeah it's it's a relief, i don't have to right? love you anymore oh. Uh, my moment of the week was, it was really all of the marriage conversation, but there's one line towards the end of all the talks of, we're just not seeing eye to eye on anything. And so often, a couple on a show like this, or really any TV show, they're just screaming POVs. You know, they're just screaming their plot points. But this couple, this the dialogue and the actors have such a good way of, they're not that far off from agreeing, but their tones just escalate in such a way where there's nobody's giving in. And they're both, you just can't stop pissing each other off. Yeah. I couldn't believe how realistic it was of other people's marriage. <laughs> Black Lightning is on the CW. That is all the shows that we watched this week. This show, the podcast that you're listening to, is brought to you by yourpopfilter.com. It is a website where you can go to get all of our podcasts and various pop culture media as things. 
I love podcasts. They're good. I love them so much. If you like podcasts, then you should listen to our other podcasts. One of them is Movie of the Year. That is where these three guys, they go through a given year per season, and they go through the most popular and most important movies of that year and decide the number one movie of the year. This year they are doing 2004. Where are you at in that season? We did. We just we slowed it down a little this week. Ooh. We talked about the top 10 songs of 2004. I saw that, and it is a doozy. Uh, panelist Mike, for some reason, was listening to Hoobastank. Oh, it sucked. It's in my head all the time now. That's a bad band. Yeah, it's not good. So you should listen to that. In particular, if you for some reason hate movies, so that's the reason you haven't been checking it out, listen to a music one. And then you will love the rest of them and listen to the rest of them. If you, you will. Yeah. You will. If you, another special music episode that happened recently was on the OCD, and it's the only episode of the OCD that I will uh, give my <laughs> support to. Because I hate the show, The OC, but that is a show where... Ryan and Mike go through every week, and they talk about the show The OC. What? Look, where are you? You're still in season two now. Season one. Still in season one. They that's, used to make seasons real long back. Then. How so many long. episodes? Like twenty five. Twenty seven. Twenty seven episodes. Uh, we made two music episodes for you, Taylor. We split their album in half just for you, and then uh, in a few weeks, uh, my rebuttal album will oh. come out. It, see, it's a, it's a good wow. thing that they did that because I love these two guys and their rapport, but I hate the show The O.C., so I can never listen to their podcast, and now I can listen to that. But you should listen to every episode. You should also listen to Writer's Block, which is a show that Mike does. The last few episodes, I've mostly made the writers talk about The O.C., yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's really aggravating to me because I listen to it and I'm thinking, I'm going to listen to my friend Mike. And then it's the OC and I get angry. And they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. But I make them. But Did we a, mention tonight that Riverdale's Return to Forum still makes it way, way worse than the OC? That you shut the fuck up. Ooh. You shut the To just drop that right at the end of the uh, episode. Nobody's eyebrows went on for days on Riverdale and that makes me mad. Um, I'm sorry. Have you seen Archie's eyebrows? Those get are nothing. Out. Nothing compared to Peter Gallagher. All right. That's the show. You should also listen to Taylor Talking Taylor. I release it once a month, and it's me talking about Taylor's of note. For other things, like if you like to help us out and do stuff, like if you want even more content than that, what we've already provided to you, you can support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. And there are various tiers that you can donate to and make us do things. You get access to special bonus content. Mm-hmm. But in addition, mm-hmm. if you donate enough, you can make us like do stuff like, I don't know, eat garbanzo beans for a whole lot. I don't know. I'm just coming up. I'm spitballing. Just spitballing. Coming up with Learn that to dance and record it. Yeah. Well, like we will do a whole bunch of stuff. So go on patreon.com slash yourpopfilter and donate. And that helps us provide all of this fresh, wonderful content to you. If you want to help us out in a dumber way that is not uh, Patreon, you can go to Amazon.com. Nope. YourPropFilter.com slash Amazon. It is just like regular Amazon.com. Make that your Amazon bookmark. And for no change to you, it'll help us out whenever you buy things. So do that and it, it, we, we enjoy it. And it's because we know you're going to buy stuff, you know, because you, you want things, but you don't want to go out and pick them up. We'll just order on Amazon and it comes to you. This is now a pitch for Amazon. If you <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Amazon. <laughs> so do that. If you like videos, you should go to YouTube.com and then you should search in that little bar, Your Pop Filter. There are various little videos and stuff for us and we like it and it's good. 
You'll like it. It's nice. Like Shut it, it's up. Nice. You'll like it. It's fine. I think we need to talk about Taylor, you guys. <laughs> if you like to interact with us on social media, you should go to twitter.com at yourpopfilter or facebook.com slash yourpopfilter. It's social media. You understand what it is. If you want to contact us in a more long-form version, you can email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com or dial us up at 1562-DRDJPOP. That's 1562-DRDJPOP. He's a little robot associate. He takes our messages for us. One of his hands is a... Gargoyle king. And one of his hands is a... Floating baby. And his third hand is a baby king. And <laughs> his fourth hand is the musical artist BB King. If you Wait, want was to BB King a baby? Yeah. I didn't little, know that. Little baby BB King. If you want to give your thoughts on the show, uh, if you like if you agree with me that The Walking Dead is back, baby, or if you think that Riverdale is a garbage show, you you will fuck yourself. And that's it. That is all for this week. Next week, we are talking about Titans, Supergirl, Uh-oh. and Arrow. But for now, that is all that we have accomplished. We've gotten to the end of this wonderful journey. For Mike, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm Taylor. For Taylor, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I am the world. Go fuck yourself, listener. Listener. <laughs>